what's up, everyone? <clears throat> Hold on, see, let me get some of this water to clear my throat. Woo! There we go. Yeah, I got lots to say this week. Uh, let's go and get started. Over the weekend, I had my bachelor's party, which is a uh, pretty pretty good, you know, a great group of guys. Uh, thanks for all the love and support. You know, I had a phenomenal time. I went to a place called Twin Peaks, which I had never heard of. Um, it was described to me as a classier Hooters, which it lived up to that description. The food was definitely a tier above Hooters. I mean, Hooters wings and whatnot are uh, pretty terrible, actually. Uh, in Twin Peaks, the food was uh, respectable. You know, I, I could eat there again just for the food. Um, there was a discussion about, you know, like the Hooters um, and I guess similar restaurants are the waitresses, are they, you know, waitresses as we normally consider waitress or are they entertainers? And um, these women are definitely entertainers. Like there's a, a higher uh, standard in terms of like physical appearance and whatnot. It's a lot more strict than say a regular restaurant. And the ladies lived up to that standard, you know, um, I, mean, I guess they're a decent looking, I probably feel a lot differently about them if I was a white dude, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. I wish they would make like a, a black version of Hooters. Um, like that would be someplace to go. You know, I, I probably could frequent that, um, quite often, you know, I'd be number one patron or something. So I had the privilege, you know, while I was at uh, Twin Peaks of watching the Titans win. Um, apparently the Titans were considered an underdog. If you're not big into football, uh, Tennessee Titans haven't really been a big name in the NFL for a while. And here they are um, doing some some serious work this postseason in 2020. Uh, hopefully they can continue this uh trend and you know bring it on home to tennessee like tennessee could use a big win for their sports um, they haven't had a whole lot of uh success outside of the uh the predators you know so it'll, it'll be great to see it you know it'll be good for the city good for the the state as a whole you know for the the titans to to bring home that trophy um you know, so after Twin Peaks, we uh, went to a strip club um, in Knoxville, Tennessee. So my expectations were not very high, um, given the size of Knoxville, which is not that big of a city. Um, but you know, the strip club was kind of small, which is tends to be a good sign. Like smaller strip clubs tend to be a bit better on average, I think. Um, and overall the experience was, was fine uh, I felt like the there's no private rooms which is a little bit disappointing uh, and they had a very strict like no touching policy which is um, a bit of a letdown uh, but probably better overall as much as I'm you know, about to be in a wedding and all that um, 
you know, want to start that thing off on the right foot and not have, you know, this like one night of debauchery kind of uh, lingering, you know. Um, they're, the jazz are a little bit pricey, though. It's like, this seems a little expensive. But, you know, each strip club I've been to has a slightly different culture. Like, there's obviously some general rules that apply, and most of them are close to the same, but each one has something slightly different that kind of sets it apart from all the others. Um, at this one in particular, they did not serve alcohol, uh, which was a little disappointing to most of my friends. And you had to remove the alcohol by 1 a.m., which seems like a very weird, just arbitrary number, like like 1 a.m., like who came up with this number? I imagine there's some state uh, or local statute that kind of governed this, but uh, it was... Um, it was a good time overall. I enjoyed seeing one lady, uh, you know, smoking a pack of Newport 100s. And on top of her pack of Newport 100s, she had um, a rescue inhaler. And my whole time, I'm just like, why are you smoking cigarettes and you have asthma and you need a rescue inhaler? At work, no less. Uh, but I suppose it's better to be safe than sorry and, you know, keep your inhaler with you at all times so before i get into some of the more global news i want to thank my sponsor me joshua self uh if you want to support the show give a, a like a share a follow subscribe uh, leave a itunes review helps the show to get discovered and with that uh, i gotta talk about miss kaylin ward out here doing the lord's work one nude at a time uh, she made uh national you know global headlines uh raising an absurd amount of money uh ten dollars at a time you know she basically was like uh she said that you know she would donate a picture of herself in the nude to anyone who gave at least ten dollars um for the australian relief fund you know australia um have been having brush fires uh, since October of last year. And these fires had, you know, gone out of control. You know, a lot of homes were destroyed. You know, people were seeking shelter on beaches and whatnot. And, um, you know, the relief fund was uh, lacking for a good time. Um, and so basically she was just like, you know, $10. If you guys will uh, donate to the Australian, you know, really fun. Um, at the time, she only had like 30,000 followers, which is not an insignificant number, but this is not someone who has, you know, like global reach or whatever, right? But the very notion, you know, went viral and um, she raised an absurd amount of money. Uh, the, the last I heard was close to a million. Um, I don't know where that number is. As of right now, we have to think about it though. Like at ten dollars uh, a pop, that's a lot of pictures of yourself, you know, out in the public, you know. Um, but I, I think I would applaud her because you know she's taking something that she does for a living, 
and she doesn't actually get anything out of this particular uh, act as much as the donation doesn't go to her it goes towards you know Australia you know so I do this for a living and then I care about this particular movement you know I care about this particular thing this this plight uh, on our society I want to do something like how can I help you know like not everyone is able to say fly to Australia and grab a water bucket you know throw water on the fire like most people can't do that um not all of us are able to say build a home or something like that and so she found a way to take her own abilities her own talents and whatnot and convert that into something uh good you know convert that into something that helps who knows how many people and i i think that's crazy it's phenomenal like it's a beautiful thing um really out here doing the lord's work you know i think everyone has you know a specific set of talents you know skills and whatnot resources and being able to turn those resources into something that can help someone else out like that's what it's all about like that's like the ultimate good you know they taking something seemingly kind of innocuous you know um and you know it spread like wildfire and people got behind it um so I, I would encourage anyone who has a skill or a talent or something that they think might be just even a little bit marketable. Um, if there's a cause that you care about, you know, something that you're concerned about, something that you really want uh, to be changed, you know, you can be that agent of change. Like you can facilitate change. You can, you know, encourage progress, you know, in your own way. Um I don't think she expected uh, her offer to explode the way that it did. Um, but I bet that there's a lot of people who live in Australia who appreciate her efforts. Um, like this girl's a hero, you know, out here saving the world uh, one titty at a time. So I had to bring it back to. Uh, the American shores just for a minute, you know, going down south to the great state of Mississippi. You know, a lot of people might have bad things to say about Mississippi, but, uh, you know, my grandmother lives there, you know, my aunt, uh, my, my father's from there. And so while Mississippi might have a lot of things wrong with it, I overall don't really want to speak ill about the state as a whole. That being said, uh, the prison system is in dire need of some overhaul you know there needs to be some type of uh reform there's some problems down there um, five people are dead over the past couple of weeks because of uh what originally was stated to be like uh, prison riots like gang violence and this kind of thing um but some activists feel like it's just because of the terrible conditions. You know, you've got four people to a cell, which is too many. Um, they don't have adequate foods to eat. They're severely understaffed. And there's just, um, there's water problems and whatnot. So the, the conditions are awful. And it makes it difficult to really approach it because um, it's a prison. And, you know, 
Uh, so on the one hand, we don't really want our prisoners to be living in five-star hotels. You know, so legally speaking, the conditions are wrong. Um, like prisoners should not be. So it's a spot where like the law says that the conditions are bad. And I agree with that. These are terrible conditions, you know, but morally speaking, it gets a little grayer. And I say that because one, uh, these people committed some criminal act and are being punished. Now, to what degree people should be punished uh, is debatable. Um, given that there are some people in prison who might have sold, you know, a dime bag of weed and got caught with it, and then there are other people who, you know, murdered five or six people and now they're serving life. So, given the great disparity between, you know, these levels of crime, um, you know, how you feel like each person should be punished is, is different, you know, uh, because some criminal acts overall society, we deem them to be close to harmless and then others, we feel like this person needs to be gone forever because they're just too big of a harm to society. Um, so, you know, figuring out how you want people to be treated in prison is difficult. Um, is it like, generally speaking, I don't feel like anyone should be subject to these kind of conditions. You know, people should have water to drink. Uh, people should have uh, a bathroom to use. You know, people shouldn't have to be, you know, sleeping on the floor, um, you know, without even like a mat or a cot or something. Like people are like, directly on the floor, like no covers, no linen, no nothing, no pillows. Um, and that's a rough condition, you know, but on the flip side, if someone had killed someone that I loved, you know, someone that was close to me, if someone had, you know, beaten up someone that was close to me or someone had like raped or something like that, I would not feel sympathy for that person. Like if that person uh, spent the rest of their life sleeping on a concrete floor, I wouldn't feel bad for them. And that's one of the biggest issues is that like, if you haven't had that experience happen to you or someone close to you, um, you're going to feel completely different about the way a prisoner should be treated versus someone that has. And, you know, that's, I think one of the bigger issues is um, if you've had someone do something horrendous to you um, or to someone that's close to you, you know, like, like you're not going to feel bad for someone for that person being punished you know for that person having a shitty life for however long they're alive like you won't feel bad for them in many ways you would feel like uh that's what they deserve and morally speaking it kind of is what they deserve you know some morals and legal don't exactly fit together perfectly you know like there's some overlap but there tends to be some issues where they don't exactly go hand in hand. Um, and I think this is one of those issues where there is a lot of similarity, but they don't exactly go together. So Yo Gotti 
and Jay-Z have brought together a lawsuit against uh, the Mississippi uh, Correctional Department um, on the behalf of like 29 uh, inmates who feel like you know their rights are being violated which they probably are um, you know they feel like the conditions are too bad like no one should be you know subjected to live in these kind of conditions um, so whatever they did I, I don't know it's currently undisclosed like the inmates that they're representing um, I don't know I don't have their names or anything but um, overall I think that improving the conditions of the prisons is a net positive for everybody um, given how bad the conditions are right now like no one should have to sleep in the room with like fecal matter like you know that's a bit much um, <clears throat> but again I, I want to clarify that this is me speaking from the standpoint that no one has done you know a heinous crime to myself or to someone very close to me and I, I imagine that if that were the case I would feel differently about this but coming from where I stand right now I don't think that anyone should have to sleep in a room when there's like literal shit on the floor um, I don't think anyone should have to sleep in a room with five other men like that's a cell with five people is too many you know and everybody's sleeping on the floor like there no one has a bed or anything um it seems a bit excessive so they you know jay-z and you know, Gotti are bringing this prison reform uh lawsuit um we'll find out what happens from it who knows how long it takes for the case to get settled but um i i like that they're trying to do this i like that they're trying to make a positive change um the correctional officers are definitely understaffed I mean, these jobs don't actually pay that much, and the correctional officers tend to be one or two paychecks from being in the same spot as most of the prisoners that they're overseeing. And that's what makes it so difficult to me. Like, these people are not far removed from uh, the criminals that are being housed inside uh, you know, these penitentiaries. Like, they don't make a lot of money. Um... A lot of the correctional officers starting pay is um, a little bit over like twenty four thousand in Mississippi. Um, you know, going on up to you know forty five thousand, give or take. But at twenty four thousand, uh, that's like not much at all. Um, even if the cost of living in Mississippi is a little bit lower than a lot of the other states in the area, that's not very much to start off with at all. Like that's close to nothing. And obviously like it's better than say minimum wage, but the gap between that and minimum wage is not so big, you know, like 24,000 is not very much to start off with. Uh, as given the type of stress and what that you have to deal with on a regular basis, you know, like you have to deal with criminals on, on a daily basis. Um, and so something like that is, it's a tough job, even if, um, you know, they're being paid for it and they get training and whatnot, that's still a very difficult job to do on a day to day basis. 
and you don't get paid a whole lot for it. And, you know, there's certain stresses that you need to be able to relieve. Like, they don't um, have um, as much access to, say, like a, a therapist or something to kind of help decompress some of the issues with dealing with people um, in the prison. And 24,000 is just, I don't think that's enough for anyone to really have to deal with um, criminals on, on a daily basis. Like, that's a lot, you know. And then there are many situations where your life is on the line, you know, where um, people are threatening you, people are uh, physically trying to attack you and whatnot. Like having been in a situation where you gotta put your your life on the line and you only made twenty four thousand, that's asking a lot. And so, people that have a lot of other options in their life, you know, people who are uh, very intelligent people who have you know been educated or gotten certifications and other things are not going to be corrections officers it's basically people that don't have many other options available to them that become officers you know uh in, in the prisons so you're, you're already kind of like looking at um like the most of the people that are end up being corrections officers are not like uh our bright future like these are not like you know Choosing out the future, or how the fuck that song goes. Uh, like these are not the people that we're looking to lead us into the next millennium. Like they're just not. And there's nothing wrong with being a corrections officer, but um, make no mistake, these people are not leading our country into the future. Um, and so you put all these things together. You know, you've got criminals. You've got uh, criminals being overseen by people with low education, um, people that tend to be from low income. Uh, now you put them in a mix, and then you put them in a, a container, a small container. Uh, you have limited funding. Um, you have people that are above the prisons who don't actually care about the prison. They're trying to make some money. And now you have a mixture for disaster. And it's a miracle that we haven't had more problems in our prisons than we currently do. And that's the fucked up part about it. Like, it really should be a lot worse than it is. And it's a miracle that it isn't that bad. So I definitely want to encourage everyone to educate themselves on this issue. When it comes time to vote, please vote. Uh, understand what your candidates uh, care about because it, however you feel about prisons and the role that they play in our society it is the people that we vote for that tend to have the biggest impact on how prisons are used you know and so if, if you care about prisons one way or the other you vote for the candidate that kind of supports your idea um, don't leave it up to chance don't leave it up to the next person to to vote the way you think that people should vote Voting is a big deal, especially like the the local elections. Um, it, it's just important. And so if, if you want things to happen, uh, you know, be the change that you want to see. It's, it's a big deal, you know. Uh, Trump is in office and the world has gone downhill. Oh, I feel like is Trump being in office is more a reflection of our world going downhill as opposed to him being the one who facilitated it. 
he just kind of slid right on in. He was like, hey, you guys don't give a fuck anyway. Why not have me as a president? Lastly, um, I canceled my Disney Plus subscription. You know, I was kind of excited. You know, I was hyped to get it. Um, I was like, sweet. You know, all the Marvel movies, all the Star Wars movies, housed in one place. This is awesome. And then I watched The Mandalorian, which was a solid show. Um, you know, kind of watched some Disney movies from my childhood. You know, Mulan in particular. And then it's like, wait, this is it? Oh. I don't have any desire to really watch anything else. Um, there's everything else that I would want to watch. Like, I've already seen it. And most of the stuff I've seen multiple times. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've seen the original Star Wars trilogy. Um, or the second Star Wars trilogy, for that matter. And you know, half of these, like, I have on DVD or Blu-ray. And so, like, why do I have Disney Plus? Chances are I pick it back up, um, you know, six months or a year from now when they've released a few more shows. But as it stands right now, it just seemed like it actually wasn't that great. Like, there's just not enough content on it that's new. Um... I think if you were interested in Star Wars, interested in the Marvel movies, and you hadn't seen any of them, then this is definitely worth the investment. But as someone who's already seen all of it multiple times, there's just nothing there for me to watch anymore. And so it's a little disappointing like because their library is actually more narrow than I thought it was going to be. Um it felt more just like a walk down memory lane as opposed to something to really dive into and explore, you know, and um, expose myself to some new things. So with that, um, you guys have a wonderful weekend. Uh, Cue the music. Thank you.